Hello to all you Eagles fans out there. This is episode 40 of the Missing Link Podcast. Your connection to the Eagles through the eyes of a fan. Today, we're going over the Eagles' win over the Dolphins, 31-17, and previewing the Washington Commanders. How are we doing, everybody? I am back. Sorry for the week off last week. I had some mic issues. I just decided to not work after about four years of use. So you're hearing a new microphone here. Hopefully it sounds as good as the last and we carry on. Keep fighting. So thank you for your patience. Sorry to miss the Jets game and our first loss. I know that was suspicious for me to just not record our first loss, but I promise I wasn't crying in the corner. I just uh, I couldn't record. But my overall thoughts were it was a bad loss and very frustrating to go through and consider how weak of a team that was, but it seemed to light a fire under our Eagles as they come out against the Dolphins and really take it to one of the premier teams in the NFL. So as we look at the Dolphins game, as we look at what the strategy was, you know, going in, and it's important for me to understand, okay, let's look at how this was perceived going in. I think the Eagles were at a low. Most people expected this to be a track beat, myself included. Hey, you know, 40, 41, somewhere in there. Are we going to be able to stop that offense? Can we keep those fast skill players in check with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Tua throwing an accurate ball? And then you look at the Eagles, and I think a lot of people forgot just how good our offensive and defensive lines are and how that changes the dynamic of a game, especially in the running game for the Miami Dolphins. You saw as they were trying to run over the edges, as they were trying to run their normal plays, Hassan Reddick and the gang really shut down those lanes and being physical with this offensive line, shutting things down and making them more one-dimensional showed you exactly what kind of offense this can turn into. And any team, if they can't run the ball consistently, is going to struggle because if they have to throw the ball over and over again, the defensive line knows that. Obviously, they pick that up. And moving forward in the game, it became more and more apparent that the Dolphins weren't very comfortable from playing from behind and it became a challenge for them. So, Credit to the defensive line. Credit to Sean Desai for coming out with a great defensive plan. His secondary was decimated. We were looking at second string safeties. Slot cornerback was a mess. And we were able to hold the Dolphins in check. As we look at the overall totals for the yardage, the Dolphins came in averaging over 37 points a game. The Eagles held them to one touchdown on eight possessions. And then they had lows for the entire season in yards, touchdowns, first downs. I mean, you can't ask for much more than that with a team that's down three secondary players with one of these offenses that not even five weeks ago scored 70 points. It's really incredible to look at just how much trust is now being placed on the defensive side of the ball. I think we were all feeling out what Desai is all about. Obviously, no one was a fan of Gannon in the way that we went last year. So Desai coming in, he's really mixing up a lot of the coverages week to week. This week, he played a ton of cover two, which he normally does not do. So taking away the underneath routes and making those individual holes in the secondary a little bit longer down the field to has to hold it an extra couple of seconds and that ended up making all the difference once the running game was off the table if you look at Tua's stats 216 yards passing only one touchdown with that interception that great play by Darius Slay Raheem Moser the running back for the Dolphins that had a really incredible start to the year and actually started his career with the Eagles which was mentioned during the broadcast only nine carries for 45 yards. Tyree Kill gets held in check for the way that he only really can. You expect him to get over that 100-yard mark. He only had 88 yards on 11 catches and a touchdown. Should have had a second touchdown. He ended up dropping it, went right off of his knee. The game would have been very different with that in place, but at the same time, you have to make those plays, and we made it difficult for him. And 11 catches for 88 yards, you'll take that all day long. 
When you look at the dynamic of the game, especially as we were going into halftime, the Eagles got out to a big lead, as they do. They had 17 points, and they were feeling good about themselves, and they let the Dolphins back into it, and they scored at the end of the half. And it just didn't feel good going in. We took a knee, even with three timeouts. It was kind of just a gross way to end the half. Dolphins come out. And just the third quarter was weird. You know, you had a lot of back and forth scoring. What it ended up really coming down to is you have Tyree Kill, you have Tua, and that running game wasn't working. And so big plays were had. Slay had a couple of moments where he wasn't really in the right coverage. He ended up making up for that with the interception. I think that interceptions really were a lot of that momentum swung in the game. But it all came down to Jayla Hurts. He threw a pick six. It's unfortunately becoming a trend where it bounces off to a defensive lineman. I would call that more luck than skill. But either way, it happened. He throws an interception, gets a pick six. And a lot of quarterbacks at that point in time would keep their head down, feel bad about themselves, continue to let that affect their play. But not Jalen. He got it back on the field. He said, I got to make this thing right. They drive down the field, go down, score a touchdown. We end up getting the ball back on a turnover on downs, march right back down the field again, score again. So the end of the game, I think, is really where we started to see growth of this team even with an interception, even with a pick six, all those things, you see this talent level that the Eagles have even when they're not operating at 100%. And it's scary. Scary for offensive players, scary for defensive players that we're going against. They know that if we can ever turn it on, no one can keep up with us. And Hertz has that calm, cool, collected demeanor. A.J. Brown had another fantastic game. Goddard, again, was involved. The running game wasn't really where it should have been. The offensive line did struggle in the run blocking, but it was just enough to make a difference. And I think when you have Hertz on this team, and he had a little bit of an, an injury look like, they're really not talking about what it is and he won't disclose if it occurred during the game or not but he had a brace on his left knee coming out of half that was the story of the game that and the decision making and the trust that Nick Sirianni had in the team going for it on fourth and one he put out his punt team he comes back out and says nope nope we're gonna do this brotherly shove they get the first down later on in that drive they do another brotherly shove and get another first down that's the kind of cojones and I think Malata said that that Nick Sirianni had some big balls going for that it shows the trust in the team that the offensive line is going to get it done. Everything that we do is tough. And the offensive defensive lines will be hang our hat on. And here it just really shut down the Dolphins and made sure that we won that game. So credit to the coaching staff. And I think most of all credit to Hertz because it's not easy to throw an interception and come back in and keep playing the way that he played. Gives me confidence that if things go wrong, he's going to calm everybody down. He's going to show exactly why we paid him that contract. And he's got the skill players around him to take advantage of some of the weaker secondaries and some of the weaknesses that we see on the defensive side. So here we are again, heading into a week playing the Commanders. You guys recall last time we played them, it was a really weird game. There were a lot of penalties, turnovers in the end zone, all kinds of weird stuff, but we were still able to pull it out and win that game. The situation has not improved for Sam Howell, the quarterback in their team. The offensive line is giving up sacks at a very alarming rate. He might end up getting sacked over 70 times this year, and they protected really well the last time that we played them. Division games can always be pretty weird in that way. I'm anticipating a completely different outcome. I think that it was a very challenging game with the referees, some of those turnovers, just some weirdness that occurred in the game. We did still pull that out in overtime. But at the end of the day, I mean, this is not a very good team. And I think we're starting to peak at the right time, which is very encouraging. That can really take a lot of the wind out of the sails of a team like Washington getting beat by the New York Giants last week. It's just not a good spot for them, right? They're starting to lose faith in their coach, starting to lose faith in their offensive scheme, their defensive players. I know Jonathan Allen, the defensive tackle for them, was quote-unquote pissed off and tired of losing and, you know, they'll see us next week and all that kind of stuff. I think we already got their best punch. 
I think that they really came to play last time. That's why I went to overtime. That's why it was so weird. Eagles are going to play a cleaner game. I think you can pretty much guarantee that. We're not going to have as many turnovers. We're going to be a little more aware of some of the shortcomings we have. Probably not going to want to keep it close like we did. And I think that Jets game was a real wake-up call for this team saying, okay, well, you can't just play like shit and win. We have to actually put together a good game plan take care of the ball and all those things will take care of themselves. And so I fear for Washington on this one. I think we're going to come out swinging again, peaking at the right time. And Washington is not our defensive line is going to eat up this offensive line. And Howell's not proven that he can really stand in the pocket and deliver those throws. Last week, he looked terrible as he was getting sacked over and over again. I anticipate those sacks. I anticipate some corrections. I can see this becoming a little bit more of a beatdown, probably the most convincing win this year. And so I'm going to take the Eagles 35, Washington 14. I think it's going to be that kind of a game. Maybe Devonta Smith gets involved this time, just as he has for some of these other Commanders games. A.J. Brown had a little bit of a back and forth with Forbes, their quarterback, in the first matchup. He's been benched since, so the secondary also is still a weak point. you got to be excited about us adding that safety. Howie does it again. Trading for Kevin Byard for a fifth and a sixth round pick and sending Terrell Edmonds to the Shadow Realm, just absolutely getting him out of here after his poor performance against the Dolphins. Adding an all-pro safety, a pro bowler, someone who's eight years into their career, only 30 years old, to really patch up that secondary and be that force and be that Malcolm Jenkins, that Brian Dawkins, right? That quarterback of the defense type. And sitting next to Dorit Blankenship, both of them, by the way, played at Middle Tennessee State. It's really exciting for this defense. They're really coming into their own with a patchwork secondary. You add an all-pro like this, you put him next to Blankenship, who's been playing pretty well. And I think we got the makings here of a pretty damn good team. And I think Bayard plays this week and we maybe he gets an interception or really shows and makes his presence felt. But I think him getting the right people into the positions is just going to get better and better. They're going to gel more and more. I love that Howie swung for the fences and actually got a great player at safety for a relatively cheap cost. We you know, will we keep him next year at $15 million? Not sure about that. Maybe we'll restructure. But these are the exact kind of, this reminds me so much of that Malcolm Jenkins acquisition because you get someone in here is a little bit longer in their career brings that passion brings that fire knows what they have while playing on a defense like this with the players in front of them and it's going to take full advantage of that i'm excited about the team we'll see what else happens before the trade deadline but again watch out commanders i think this is going to be a pretty convincing win here on sunday and you got to be excited about the way that we beat the dolphins it really shows that hey but anything can happen but you come into the link you're going to be in for a fight and this eagles team is very different from playing the majority of the league because they just can beat you in so many different ways there's talent everywhere and uh i'm just glad to be an eagles fan i think this team is really scary and they haven't even played anywhere near their potential so it's pretty exciting see you on sunday fly eagles fly Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Missing Link Podcast. If you could, please rate, review, and subscribe on the platform that you're listening to this on. It would be greatly appreciated. Go Birds! Go Birds!